as Brandon Vogel slides in and I don't some, there's something is there something different about your backdrop or is it the fact that you have a black hat on today? Something it's is just the black different? it's the black hat. It's the black yeah, hat. Yeah, it might it might be the black. Um, okay. happy, happy Deion Sanders Day, everyone. Oh yeah. Happy Deion Sanders Day to you. Well, it was, as well. it and was funny because as Schmitty was was laying out that it was Coach Prime's first game, Deion Sanders, there was Coach Prime highlights that came on the TV behind him. You can see like Coach Prime uh playing like it was baseball and then it was him with the Falcons and it was him with the Cowboys just making plays and I'm like the, the timing on that was just too perfect. Listen. How many how many teams did Dion rock? Cincinnati, San Francisco, Atlanta, New York. Where else am I? Major League Baseball. I think those are the four. Right? I think so. And then with the NFL, we're talking Atlanta, uh, San Fran, Dallas. Dallas. And then Dallas. Washington. He ended his career with the mother of all uh, Washington. Was he with Baltimore? In. Wasn't he with Baltimore, uh, too? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh. We will. We will Wikipedia in two seconds. But but Dion had the mother of all pinstripe suits on when he signed his deal with Washington. It was the maroon and gold, uh, the the glowing maroon suit with the yellow pinstripes. And I think he had uh, the the brightest yellow tie I've seen in my life. Uh, PJ Fleck wears some suit has some suits like that. Uh, yeah. he, he does, and he has bright yellow ties. Vogue's <laughs> just awesome write up partner on counter read with with nebraska and your thoughts on the the nebraska minnesota game and uh, you know it's just different where a lot of us either picked a a tight minnesota win or just as you looked in the mirror and made your prediction weren't sure what what, a lot of nebraska fans not sure that nebraska was ready for minnesota game one meaning it's too much to ask uh, game one on the road in, in Minneapolis. And then you, you you watch the game and you come away irate that Nebraska lost because it was there for the taking. So the score uh, going into this and the end of it doesn't match what uh, the, the, the four quarters looked like because it was there for Nebraska to get out of town with a win. And, and that's something that's been a wrestling match here the last three days for Nebraska fans. What could have happened versus what happened and then the optics of it being kind of what you thought maybe going in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, the game kind of um, it, it answered some questions for the positive, I think, and answered some for the negative. If you went into that game, or I went into that game thinking, okay, going to be pretty, pretty slow and sloggy and uh, ugly for for lack of a better term, and Minnesota's like it's been playing that for seven years now under under pj fleck nebraska hasn't been could they be in for that kind of game yeah they were um that said uh it, it comes down well you can't you can't turn the ball over four times that's that's yeah. what it is and, and you trust you trust a minnesota to make those plays more than you trust in nebraska based on their track record so it kind of it, it unfolded very much to to type i think uh based on on what this game looked like going in uh it was unfortunate we we had to reset our workplace counter to 285 days since we last had to say yeah it was a loss but if you look at the numbers actually <laughs> um, which i'm very much uh i'm yeah. very much tired of, of saying that as someone who <laughs> says it pretty often but that's it's what it was 
Um, <laughs> Look at the numbers. Oh, man. Uh, Brandon Vogel is with us. And all right. So we talked a little bit about this <clears throat> yesterday. Nebraska has now spent, what, two decades, two decades trying to furnish an offense that will appeal to NFL quarterbacks, NFL receivers, right? Optimize because, like, those kids don't want to play in some option running offense, right? They're not coming. And then we added it up. And in the past 20 years, Nebraska has sent exactly what? Two human beings at those positions. Three. To, to the NFL. What do you mean three? Trey Palmer. You keep on Trey Palmer. Yeah, oh, Trey three. Palmer. He doesn't count yet. He hasn't even yes, played. He, does. he made, he made the roster. Pick. He made He's the a roster. Pick that made the roster. Thank you. That okay. absolutely counts. Okay. But anyways, you've sent in the Stanley Morgan four. We have to four. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, you got you got four. Four. Okay, so every five years, you get one of those guys. Brandon Riley. But he didn't. No, he didn't. He had some preseason goodness, and then it just never. Morty Pearson L. Alonzo Moore. Oh no! There's also uh, what's his name? That's uh, uh, Samore Torre. Uh huh. He's, he's exactly. made a roster too. Get a half point for Wandale Robinson, right? Yeah. Eh, it, it, that's tough. My, that's tough. Okay. I, to your, let's narrow to your, it down to quarterbacks. To, <laughs> to your point. Let's narrow it down to quarterbacks. It's, 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 not, it's not a factory like LSU. Can you, <laughs> stop fact-checking me this morning. This is a bunch of crap. This is not what I joined here for. Not what I woke up early for. Um, okay, let's narrow it to quarterback, though. Nebraska's had more quarterbacks in its history convert to safety in the NFL than have actually played the position of quarterback in the NFL. Just saying it's not happening, right? And then you look at what Jeff Sims is. Look at what Heinrich Harburg is. Look at probably what Chubba Purdy is. There, there ain't a Tom Brady on this roster right now. And you've heard a lot of people say, oh, you can't have Sims run the ball that much. I'm like, why the hell not? He's good at it, right? He's not good at throwing really well. Yeah, the, the line isn't very good at pass protection. Don't have a big f- fleet group of receivers. Why the hell not? Why would Nebraska not be a total ground-based quarterback and tailback running offense? What say you, Brandon? Um, I thought Rule was was pretty good on that. Um, well, you know, I know he said over the summer, I think he said it to you, Schmitty, at Big Ten Media yeah. Days, like, look, they don't want to they don't want to run a bunch of QB power. And like those things that are like, yes, 100 percent this play, Jeff Sims, you are running it. I think <clears throat> where you get the wiggle room here is like limiting those pieces of it. But as as yeah. Rule said, post game, you know, they had a bunch of read plays um, where Jeff Sims and, and based on his numbers was making the right read. Um, decided to take it and he, you know, he really gets dangerous when you can pull it down and scramble situations. Nebraska's passing game uh, wasn't strong enough. I think to, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of impetus to throw the ball more than Nebraska did, unfortunately. And that's going to be, that's probably the biggest thing offensively going forward is just uh, that receiver group. And obviously the, the four interceptions, um, it looked it looked a lot. I, I guess my concern offensively is I think they would like to run Jeff Sims a few less times. Um, sure, 
can you get a, a run game outside of him going better than they were able to? And now Minnesota is, is, is a good defensive team. Was replacing a good chunk, but you know that's a, a, a well-established kind of identity there for them. So that's, that's a piece of it. I mean, it looked a lot, I think, to your point, Mark, coming out of that of like, oh boy, this is, this is kind of what it's going to be. Like their best chance to win games is going to be running Jeff Sims more than anybody yeah. – anybody probably thought it's brandon vogel like, with us here and, and real fast mark just to, to jump ahead i want to get it better be real fast because oh man i got a point go for it go for it then. Just kidding. Go for i'm it. kidding i'm totally please, i'm totally please. wow no no please i no, turn the floor go, over to you mark no, no. tyrant no I was, I was just gonna say and the point is winning right like the point is to actually win so if that gets you your best chance and then here's the refrain well he won't be able to survive the season taking all those hits uh, running, if, and it's like okay, so you're saving him for what? For more interceptions? Like <laughs> we got to keep him healthy so that he can throw picks into traffic. Like no, you don't have to keep him healthy for that. Like you run him because that's your best chance to win. And if he gets hurt, then Harburg comes in who also can't throw. Or, or <laughs> I mean, allegedly that's what we've heard, right? And then we've seen Purdy. I didn't see Joe Montana there. I mean. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Elijah. Well, we just got more comments in as we did yesterday. Let's pull it up here. Jamal Lord 2.0. It, it's not, it's it, not it, Jamal it, Lord. It, it's the common thing we're hearing over the past couple of days. Though. And uh, Schmidt and I. It's that feel. It's that feel of, okay, there's uh, way more explosive, positive opportunity with him running the football than having something good happen when it comes to throwing the football. It's got to be play action it's got to be wide open it's got to be based off of some sort of run threat where the passing game can thrive and survive okay that's 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 something that you're probably looking at real hard this week if you're nebraska going forward you're gonna have to score have a lot more points than 10 uh you're not always going to face defenses that are on the level of minnesota or what minnesota can can be especially their secondary but Nebraska has work to do, and they have, to rules point, lots of season left to get it done. We're going to coach him up, right? Does that not – that burns in my mind where he's not happy with the result. He expects more from his quarterback that's played a lot of football, and it, it could get better. I, I think there's a lot of Nebraska fans, and I'm still in that camp as well where, all right, you don't want to, you don't want to make your final ruling yet because it is just one game. But, man, it's got to get a lot better, Vogues, and it's got to get get better quickly because, you know, for whatever Colorado is and isn't, uh, you know that the back end is going to be pretty high-level talent and well-coached because of prime. And then, you know, it may it, as bad as their offensive line might be or as thin as it might be against what Nebraska looks to be pretty good up front, it takes one little bubble screen and a missed tackle for one of their little dudes in the skill spot offensively to hit, to hit a big play. We'll know more later, but uh, next Saturday is so do or die for the rest of the season uh, when we talk about postseason and getting to six. Yeah, I mean, to the, you know, like you guys see a lot of Jamal Lord comparisons. Uh, I, I will note Nebraska has been on the field for 63 plays so far. Um, but also, <laughs> if, if we – if we follow follow the, the Jamal Lord track, 
and you think about this season really honestly and objectively, would you take seven and seven? Would you take 2002 yes. Jamal Lord <laughs> right. to get him to seven and seven? I, I, I think I probably, I think I probably would, um, you know, look ahead a little bit to, to Colorado. Um, they're going to be really good at quarterback. I think you can put that one, put that <laughs> one in ink. I'm, I'm really uh, not just based on Dion, but based on the guys that they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm real interested to get a look at what the, what the buffs look like today. Um, but I think the, the game plan for Nebraska, unless something major changes in a couple of hours and they take the field, Colorado, um, it's going to be pretty smash mouth is, is how Nebraska wins that game offensively. Uh, can they do that? Uh, you know, a lot of people have questions about, about Colorado up front. We'll get a look at that too uh, here in a little bit, but in, in many ways, I think the Minnesota game, even though it was a loss uh, should prepare Nebraska pretty well for next Saturday, based on what we expect to see from Colorado. Hmm. And Brandon Vogel is, is with us. And now, in terms of playing more Smash Mouth, it seems like just when you boil it down and you simplify it, I think you had something like five running back runs in the first half. I think, I think, I think Gabe Irvin had two and Grant had three. Maybe Ramirez had one. It was something like that. It was a really low, low number. It's, it's kind of that, right? Like just feed it a little bit more to the backs. Maybe take a little bit off of Sims, but rely on that as your offense. Like, that's it. And to do that, we tried to get into this yesterday, too, and then Chris started talking about feet, and it got ridiculous. But I did not. You were the one that part, led into part restraints. Of it, part of it, right. Part of it as, as an offensive coordinator is showing restraint. So even though your down and distance sheet tells you, hey, time to throw it, you know, based on this situation, yeah. Hold yourself back a little bit. Keep it on the ground. Like, don't throw unless you absolutely effing have to. <laughs> I mean, do, do you think that's what Nebraska should adopt based on what we've seen small sample size so far? Yeah, I think they I think they probably want to get there. Uh, part of the challenge of, of playing Minnesota is that they're really good with just their ability to control the clock of putting teams on their back foot right away. And so, you know, they come out there that, that first drive and, and chew a lot of clock and flip the field as much as you can flip it. Nebraska starts from the one yard line. And their response to that was really good. Like even just getting out of there, um, I thought was encouraging. And then Minnesota went on another long drive. And, you know, Nebraska hardly had the ball in that first half. And then for that, the way, that to end the way that it ended right before halftime with the turnover inside five, um, some pretty tough blows that, that Nebraska sustained, but at that point they're they're only down three nothing. So, I think against a Colorado or against anybody going forward, you know, I'd be interested to see what things would have looked like if it had been exactly flipped. If Nebraska had taken the ball first and, and came out and man yeah, doesn't score, but puts together a solid drive, burns some clock, and punts it down to the one. That's, I think, going to be the difference. And, you know, we've got 11 games to go, but I, I think what most of us probably assumed coming in, based on Nebraska's talent, how they want to play, or how they said they want to play, we've seen one game now, like it's just going to be a knife's edge, like most of the season. Um, and 
you know, I, I, again, I, <laughs> I know people are, are drastically tired of this. I, I'm very tired of like pulling these numbers, but it's just how I look at it. And it's like, you lost by three and you were, you were minus three in, in turnovers. Like that's, that's, that's what it is, unfortunately. So I think once we move past that piece of it, like there'll be a lot um, that's actually encouraging from that, that opening game. And Brendan, I think one of the things that has left people a little bit discouraged, in addition to the turnovers from the offense, is just that some of the things we saw in game one flew in the face of what we heard the coaches say throughout summer and throughout fall camp. Whenever they talk about, well, how much of an advantage the tight end position is going to be, they felt good about that. But then you only have one catch uh, from Nate Borkacher in the tight end position. It's that one-handed catch down by the goal, and I think was about two yards. And I guess if you count the Heinrich Harburg catch as a, a tight end catch, you can throw that in there as well. But Heinrich Harburg is your third leading receiver. That's a surprise to people. Billy Kemp, only one target in the game on Thursday night. It's an interception. They, they never go back to Kemp, a guy that is expected to be one of the leaders in your wide receiver room. And then you have Anthony Grant, who was said a week and a half ago was a, a fumbling issue. And then you see him in crunch time moments fumbling the football. People weren't expecting to see that. There's just a lot that flew in the face of what the coaching staff had to say through fall camp. And I'll get your take on what was most surprising to you from what we saw from, from Coach Satterfield's offense on Thursday night. Uh, probably Grant, um, Grant's role in that game and which ties a little bit to what was ended up being Gabe Irvin's minimal role in that game. I mean, there was a point in the second, early in the second half where I, I texted a friend of mine and said, and Nebraska had the lead at this point. And I'm like, it's curious that the guy, the head coach just said a week ago is uh, third string because he's got a fumbling problem. It seems to be their primary rusher right now. Um, and it was fine for, for another, you know, like 10, 12 minutes of game clock. And then, and then the fumble came and, you know, it's not Nebraska didn't lose the game solely because of that, not putting it all on one guy, but that was probably the most dissonant piece of it um, where I was like, I was like, wait a second, Didn't, weren't we just a week ago talking about uh, a potential a potential issue here? And, and you know, I thought Rule did, did a good job kind of explaining that piece of it post-game too. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's the first game for a new coaching staff as well, and even one that I, I, I do think is well-prepared um, and very organized. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a season opener. Um, so things, every game kind of has its own uh, – its own story and you, you try to prepare the best you can. But once you get in there, you, know, you get past those first two drives. It's really about reaction and, and the decisions that you make real time. Some pluses to take away from Nebraska for as much as, you know, there, there's a lot to not like about what you saw offensively and the results, of course. Um, I saw a noticeable improvement special teams wise. You had a big return. I think Nebraska probably equaled their punt return yards in one game that they had all season. And that was like eight yards. I mean, it wasn't a lot, um, but they tried to return it a couple times. And then just punting also. I mean, you're 47 plus yards per punt in Penn, Minnesota inside the 23 times. Um, good stuff from, from that standpoint in terms of just like an overall unit. Was, was that your kind of takeaway too, Brandon, that overall the team – Seemed like it did make some improvements. Just obviously had those had those snafus offensively. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you wanted to to boxing card this thing, like special teams win for Nebraska. I think yeah. defensively, 
win for Nebraska, though, if you mm-hmm. wanted to call it a draw, just based on forcing four, four turnovers for Minnesota, you could talk me into that. And then offensively, um, I, I would give that one to, to Minnesota. Um, you know, not just special teams. I thought both sides of the ball, but I particularly noted it, noticed it defensively. Nebraska looked really physical, um, and Minnesota did too. Um, it was just a physical game, but we haven't seen that all the time in, in the past for for Nebraska. So those were those were in, encouraging signs. You know, I heard Chris talking about it a little bit before I came on. You know, PJ Flex comments post game. I thought I thought were pretty interesting too. Um, and here's one here's one for the the Jamal Lord fans out there. He compared a. Uh, compared this 335 to preparing for the triple option uh, back when he had to do it at Syracuse. Specifically mentioned, he's like, I'm glad we had four weeks to do that before yep. playing Syracuse in the in the pinstripe bowl. Here, they, of course, had an entire offseason to try and not prepare because there was no film of this defense, but y- you think about it conceptually. So it's, it's interesting. And, you know, and that's an advantage that'll, that'll wane a little bit uh, as, as Nebraska goes on. Um, you'll at least see how they choose to do things. But the the kind of core benefit, I think, of this this defensive approach, which is, yeah, but you can still – you can see what we've done in the past, but it still doesn't change on a play-to-play basis. Like, we can get really, really creative and confusing. So that was that was encouraging, too, to, uh, to, to hear the opposing coach talk about it that way. Brandon Vogel with this weekend edition. Hail Varsity at Brandon L. Vogel. Find him on Twitter. Read him with Counter. Read him and Aaron Sorensen do an awesome job. So I'm I'm anxious, Vogues, as we try and project Saturday in Boulder. Uh, it's going to be a, another early season, kind of a gut check. That's uh, a good thing you can take away from Minnesota where – I mean, it, it went down to the wire, and I think it's okay to say, look, you found a way to lose, right? Minnesota made some plays. As good as the defense was, there was at least one more stop you needed, and they're going to take that with them and, and probably use that as fuel for this week against Colorado. Offensively, I think that's all of our question marks. Okay, can the O-line get better for more of a running back run game? Can you give yourself – a more of a, a look at a guy like Irvin that can can hammer away and get you those benchmark 75 yards in the fourth quarter? Are you going to go back to being a fourth quarter team running the football uh, versus dancing with the, the passing game a little bit? And then finally, uh, let's get into Sims uh, just for, for one last second, uh, not to, to beat a dead horse, but I, th- I think let's let's look at the the, the upside to Sims's ability. Let's go there for a moment as to, okay, say he gets coached up. What's, what's the best version of Jeff Sims Nebraska can see Saturday and beyond. Let's say Nebraska develops a, a quarterback. That's got a ton of talent uh, and, and they get better as the season goes on. What's a ceiling for Sims. We all went into this. I did anyway, with some expectations based on health and uh, skill sets that, Okay, the the guy can can run about twelve times a game. I think the the pitch count's probably fifteen to twenty pass attempts, uh, and and clearly the decision making is going to be drilled on in that quarterback room film session wise. But it seems a guy Nebraska can win with moving forward. 
I think so. If, if some of those other pieces come along, like you look at which the other piece in particular being, I think the run game first and foremost, um, you, you look back at the Minnesota game, like the one that you absolutely can't have is the interception in the end zone. Right. The other two, um, like, may I don't know, but, uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting the, the other who, who had the other interception, good players, a couple of Minnesota's best players and guys who have been, who have been that for, for a while. So still you want to, you want to avoid those. Um, you know, I was looking at one kind of advanced stats breakdown, which, you know, expected turnovers in this game, which, you know, is based on how many times balls fumbled, no matter who recovers it and pass pass breakups and that sort of thing. It was actually even, it was about one each. Um, so for it to be four to one means that Minnesota basically intercepted every, almost every ball that it got its hands on, which doesn't usually happen. You usually get about 20% of those. Um, mm. So things like that, I think just being a little bit smarter, um, also having a game under your belt for, for Sims. So can they win with him? I, I think they can, you know, I think if he is, so he's, you know, let's see one and one to three now touchdown to interception like a great season for Sims would probably knowing that's where we, we have to go from would probably be like 15 to 10, um, which tends still a lot of interceptions. But I think if you could get that, um, that probably means Nebraska's in the six and six range. Hmm. Hmm. Got a lot of comments coming in where, um, you know, folks are looking, of course, ahead to Colorado. And uh, as we watch them today, um, are are you looking for just whether they can hold up on the lines? Is that essentially it? Uh, I, I, I that's what I'm trying to project forward. Is are they going to is are they going to have Shadur running all over the place because they can't protect? He's being chased. And, <laughs> and are they going to be able to stop? Like when when you want to run it at them, are they going to be able to stop that? It's it kind of comes down to that, doesn't it for you? Yeah, I think so. Particularly is it, you know, when you look at it through a Nebraska lens of like, oh, what's Nebraska going to try to do to do against them? Um, Defensively, I'll be I'll be real interested to see what what Colorado is able to do. Um, I do think both lines for the buffs are are kind of the headliner here. I'm I'm really interested to see Shadur Sanders. good player, uh, you know, at, at Jackson state, he was a guy who had, had some, some FBS offers. Um, let's, let's see what he can do against, uh, you know, a big 12 team. Now um, there's that piece of it. And then the, the other one, I, I think the one that, you know, from a Nebraska perspective could make you the most nervous going into you is let's see what the offense looks like broadly. Sean Lewis, really good offensive coordinator. Uh, they're, if he get when he gets that offense up and running, they can put up a ton of points. Former Kent State head coach left the head coaching job uh, to to be Dion's offensive coordinator, which is interesting in its own right. But uh, if you didn't watch a ton of Kent State uh, in the MAC, they they were putting up a ton of points. But oh, they also were a team that kind of bizarrely moved the ball pretty well against Georgia last year um, in, a, in a game that everybody assumed was just going to be 50, 56 to nothing. So that's, um, that's, that one, that's worth keeping an eye on. They've, they've got a good guy on the headset on offense. Bogues, what'd you think of Nebraska's portal additions? And this kind of touches on Moonbot's comment. 
um, you know, the, the, the care, the, the carries, the touches, the snaps. When we look at Elijah Judy's a guy that we didn't hear a ton about in camp post spring, right? You've got MJ Sherman, chief borders, Billy camp, of course, uh, uh, you have, uh, Sims. what did you think of the, the portal additions for game one? Uh, for Nebraska, glumping uh, their performances or lack thereof? Um, I thought they were pretty easy to miss because I didn't think about them as as kind of a group at all, um, which, you know, I think is is kind of what, what the question is is getting at. You know, it's 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 how that can go often. Like in, in Nebraska, I would say outside of Sims um, and Thompson last year, and then the past two years prior to that, two really good pickups at, at wide receiver, you know, none of, none of Nebraska's transfer portal additions, and it's possible I'm forgetting somebody where, but none of them have been just like, Oh, slam dunk. Like somehow they just pulled the best player from, you know, uh, inserts insert school here although Samari Turi may have been that but that's you know coming from FCS so that's the piece of it like yeah it's 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 good when guys are you know I've said this before you know four star former four star five star high school recruits uh it's it's great that they went to you know a power program if they didn't play a lot um sure maybe a reset is is what they need but I think that too often becomes the the through line there of like, ah, oh, you take this guy from Alabama and uh, you, you, who could, who could crack the depth chart there? You could be a second round draft pick and, and never play. Well, the reality is often a little bit different. And again, you know, 63 plays Well, defense had more. So we call it 70 ish plays is, is all they had. And, so we'll see. And, and and I think some of this too comes in with being a year one scenario for, for Matt rule. Like he's really serious. And I don't know if this played into, to how much any of those guys played or not, but he, he's really into like, I'm going to play the guys who do the right thing all the time. And, and we've seen, even with some guys who are expected contributors, Marcus Washington being, being the case here, uh, wasn't available for that, that first, first half. Like if you're not going to do that, like, Matt Rule is not gonna not gonna bend that to 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 just to win a game, and there's no reason to in a year one scenario. Like you are really trying to lay the foundation for what's going to come down the road. Defensively, Nebraska did play 24 guys on the participation chart. Unofficially, that was the count was uh, 24, and there was a little Elijah Judy, MJ Sherman was in in a few key moments. Um, didn't make necessarily any splash plays though to your point didn't necessarily notice some some of those guys um what about in particular though the lack of touches for i think what we all perceived is maybe the two top offensive threats on the edges thomas fedoni billy kemp combined they what a catch if that none one one yeah one one for Kemp for a, a couple yards. Um, is that something Nebraska needs to address? It seems like it is. Um, yeah, I mean the the Fedoni one, I could see a little bit, a little bit more. 
Um, you know, he, he's been in the program for a long time, but wasn't able to play. Unfortunately, he been in the game. He's been on the sidelines. He's traveled like he's, he's used to all that stuff, but really it was, you know, pretty similar to a, to a freshman debut for him. So that one, you can kind of, kind of chalk up potentially to that. The Kemp one is, is a bit more confusing to me specifically because, you know, they targeted him, I think just maybe once or twice, but it's as a slot guy, like he, he's a player, like you could run, you know, something specifically for of like, we just got to get him the ball and uh, to not have that uh, stands out a little bit, but this game still is just just weird and like how much how little actual football there was in it just with the way the the two teams play. Yeah. Vogues, uh, your day looks like what? How much college football are you going to consume? <laughs> as as much as possible, which means as much as uh, as much as the the young ones will will allow for. Um, but definitely going to make a point to uh, to pay close attention to this Colorado TCU matchup, and then. Uh, Boise State, Washington, and in the afternoons got some got some intrigue for me as well. You're not That's tuned awesome. into Ohio State, Indiana. Um, uh, I'll I'll tune in to <laughs> that'll be the between commercial games for the first quarter. <laughs> at which point, I, I Ohio State will be up twenty-one-seven, and I'll, I'll be good on that. Vogues uh, of the counter read with us, and at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Thanks for making time this morning, uh, Brandon. Good to talk some ball with you again. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.